This podcast is brought to you by eRadio. For more podcasts, check out our website on eradiosa.com or download the eRadio SA app from the Google Play Store. Enjoy. Yes, hello and welcome to Tech Plus. Uh, it's good to be with you. Welcome, welcome. Kane, welcome to you as well. It's nice to have you back in studio. We're back for another Tech Plus. Apparently we jinxed it last week when we mentioned the L word. No, we're not going to do that again. Susan is uh, blaming us for, <laughs> for the current load shedding scenario. And you said shed- it. Yeah, so who I said it? Was it me? back to the stage four again now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should I? oh, yeah, I forgot. I actually mentioned it again now. But no, I don't think, if it is actually happening, I don't think that works. So we'll just well, cancel that out. Well, it might be out. a double negative, you know? Yeah. They just call it off. But what we're going to yeah. talk about today regarding that, I mean, I don't think that's you've happening got some, anytime soon. Yeah, you've got some mind-blowing facts, but... As we sit here right now uh, with the live broadcast after 3 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, uh, the latest news is that uh, load shedding is uh, reduced to stage 3 from 9 o'clock tonight. And then uh, that will be until 5 o'clock on Friday morning and then uh, dropping to stage 2 on Friday morning from 5 o'clock onwards, which is expected to last until Monday. But it could be suspended a little bit earlier. Uh, because they have recovered their generation uh, capacity reserves. But, um, Kane, I don't know, did you see Stage 4 coming this week? I mean, we didn't even see load shedding coming. <laughs> it's it's really funny because I went to the ESCOM Twitter, and yeah. if you look there, they, they say uh, we're implementing Stage 1 load shedding, which might be subject to change. And then two hours later, they're like, okay, we're implementing stage two. And then like an hour and a half after that, they're like, we're implementing stage four. Mm, very shocking. So it is quick, in quick yeah. succession. Is, is that uh, Twitter page quite up to date or, or not? It's relatively up to date, but I'll tell you what. You go there and there's not one person that's like... Load shedding is so great. I, I really enjoy Everyone is just The comments, yeah. Same on Facebook. They always post these releases, these press releases uh, on Facebook. And they actually do it quite well. Uh, always always on time and accurate and stuff. But uh, So whoever's doing their social media, at least that person is doing their job. Yeah. Uh, but they're doing a good job. But anyway, you, you should read the comments there, hey. On it's, that, it's really no love, no love for Escom. No, it's, it's just you ruined my life and all it's that. It's like going stuff. to Reddit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, it's even worse. It is really and uh, lots of profanities as well. I, I wonder if they even read those comments after they announce that there's load shedding because they know they're just going to get hate. I even added a comment. I think on the Twitter thing, I just I was confused because I was I asked I asked them and received no response. I said I'm just curious. How do you keep investors happy because <laughs> income for escom i assume would be derived by electricity usage yeah so if you're having load shedding there's less consumption and when there's less consumption there's less revenue so how do you keep investors happy at the same time they they i think they had seven uh units 
break down in one night. Sure. And h- how do you prevent that? You know, is there no expectation of preventative measures to not let something like that happen, like daily checks of all systems? Well, I don't know. I don't know what the case is, but it is a very interesting question. Do they make more money when there's load shedding? It's it's a, it's a question that I had, which was never received a response, unfortunately. But yeah. it is a very logical question. But Kane, just to to tell uh, the listeners how bad it got this week, just tell them how bad it was. Oh no! It regards was to with regards to the diesel usage that they had, just to keep us going on stage four already. So I believe that they're burning to. Uh, so obviously, when there is a low capacity or or a low uh, volume of available electricity coming out of the the generation units, they have to supplement that in order to maintain the grid, and they've been supplementing it with um, diesel turbines, which means you feed diesel into the turbine. Yeah. It maintains the electrical grid, but obviously at a cost. And they're currently burning through about 9 million liters of diesel a day, which, as far as I understand, Oof. is the equivalent to 200,000 cars. Yeah, according to my broadband, I saw that. 200,000 cars. But geez, Kane, you can't even count to 200,000. What is nine? What's it? Nine what? Nine? Nine million liters a day. What does that look like? One unit, <laughs> one diesel unit, costs seven hundred thousand rand an hour. To no run man. In diesel fuel, seven hundred thousand rand an hour, and they did make a statement which is hard to determine whether it's based on managing um, uh, people getting upset and angry. But they made a va- what I feel might be somewhat a valid point. They said instead of going to stage five or stage six load shedding, they've opted to take a financial loss um, and and fuel the diesel um, units. But is that true? I don't know. But it, there definitely is money that's being thrown into keeping the grid alive. But Kane, now I have a question. I don't know if it's a valid question. Why would you spend all that money on 9 million liters of diesel if you could just use it to fix your existing power plant infrastructure? I think it's probably a classic case of to to repair a unit might cost 10 million rand and take three okay. months. So okay. if you don't have three months, okay. although you might Thank have you the 10 that, million yeah. rand. Just needed a bit of a perspective there. Yeah. yeah, I think it's emergency. And then we spoke about it last year even. You know, it kind of feels like, for me, it kind of feels like ESCOM, instead of maintaining equipment and, and generation units, it feels like they're kind of playing whack-a-mole mm. with failures. You know, as as a problem happens, they squish it. Yeah. And it's just that the whole Just uh, put sticky tape on everything and hope it all... <laughs> stays together but one day oh I tell you listen you know we never go yeah we've never been above stage four have we I, I, no I, honestly I remember being told it's stage six but I don't know if it was um, level six for COVID pandemic or whether it was I don't, stage six I don't for recall load a, I don't recall ever anything above stage four load shedding I might be wrong but I remember maybe there was a threat because there was a threat all the time but not officially we we didn't go into it because I mean stage six a day you'll have like so there is stage six and I think I think we've actually been to stage six because I remember hearing we've moved to stage six and I was like I thought there were only four stages and then I did more investigation and I found out there's actually up to eight there's eight total stages so you can get moved to stage eight 
I don't know what that would include. Well, basically just get a candle because I can imagine with Do you stage want to hear eight. Nasna for stage eight? 12 to 4.30 a.m., 8 a.m. till 12.30, and 4 p.m. till 8.30. So That's three load-shedding, sta- uh, th- load-shedding events with four hours for each event. I hope we don't have to go so there. So basically, never... You'll never have any electricity. Yeah. No, you're, you're going to be in trouble. But there is some positive news um, regarding this problem. Nothing that will solve the problem tomorrow. But uh, it's, it's definitely something positive to look at. Norway and the UK have invested 600 million rand towards clean energy in SA. Uh, which I think is quite an it's a number and we've we've looked at some of the math before it takes billions to actually generate a decent amount of clean energy yeah so it's a stepping stone in the right direction um, but Norway and the UK are spending a combined 600 million to help South Africa transition to clean fuels the Norwegian investment fund for developing countries or nor fund is investing 360 million whilst the United Kingdom uh, development finance institution CDC group is is investing 240 million into the project and all this money is going to h1 capital not escom h1 capital which is a renewable energy company that uh, will use the investment to build a 2.4 gigawatt of wind and solar plants in south africa um which i think is is really cool i think that's something that we we need to be doing i'm glad that it's not directly through escom yeah it's through an independent um whether they're going to be selling electricity to the grid or whether you're going to be able to access that electricity exclusively on its own grid uh, it's 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 unknown to me at this current time but we need to expand upon our clean energy because south africa specifically has a goal of uh, going to i think it's 82 percent of energy being generated from clean energy 86 percent um, currently, coal is responsible for 86% of South, percent of South Africa's energy. And I think in the next 10 years, South Africa wants to reduce that load by 60% with clean energy. So it's a big goal. And without companies like these investing into South African infrastructure for clean energy generation, we will never hit that goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no money left at ESCOM to start building solar plants or no. wind farms. It's going to be overseas money. Yeah. Like we're seeing all those in the north, uh, Northern Cape as well, those solar plants popping up. It's all overseas companies. Absolutely. And I think I was even reading about ESCOM. There's certain things that can influence what stage of load shedding we're on outside of units breaking down. Mm-hmm. For instance, dam electricity generation. Oops. If the dam levels... Drop too low, you lose two thousand six hundred megawatts of electricity generation. You know, <laughs> if if wind farms break down, you lose it's, another couple it's thousand. So much that can happen. <laughs> so much that can go wrong. And yeah. if it all goes wrong at once, then we're in big problem. It's in big possible. Trouble. Yeah. So replenishing the grid is very important, and the load shedding is doing its job of of replenishing that emergency reserve. And ESCOM mm. is doing their job of making sure that there's activatable energy generation, such as the diesel units. But it's not cheap, and I'm just glad it's not coming out of our pocket this time. Yo, but how long before we have uh, another pr- uh, price increase in electricity? That's what I want to know. But also, did you know uh, the world's biggest blackout in history 
You know, it's almost like a chain reaction. Uh, all the power grids worldwide, if one thing goes down, then it puts strain on another thing, and then that thing fails, and then it's this chain reaction, and then that thing fails, and then that thing fails, and then it all fails. Yeah. Uh, like in a row. It's like a, it's dominoes, you know, a domino effect. Um, but the biggest outage in modern times was in India. Uh, from the 30th to the 31st of July back in 2012 and affected 620 million people. Jeepers. So it was out for a day and a half? Yes. Well, that's And it was uh, extreme heat as well in that time. Yo. It was the summer of 2012. That, that kind of blackout is, is what we're tending towards if we can't maintain you know the 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 usability of our grid because the minute demand exceeds capacity then you have about i we read about it in a few weeks ago then you have about i think it's 60 seconds to disarm the entire grid or a major shutdown could happen which could leave us without power for up to three weeks yeah because i have to Probably so hopefully we don't go above that stat. Like <laughs> let's, that never happen. Let's stay with with some good internet. I mean, good electrical um, capacity. Hopefully that can. But that uh, can happen. when we come back, you just mentioned good internet. You're going to tell us about your new good internet. <laughs> You're going to show off a bit. Absolutely, and then we're also going to take a look at uh, Instagram, which has ditched some more of their standalone apps. And then another thing we're going to look at, which is very interesting, is some of the um, some of the big tech companies and what they've done for this uh, Russian-Ukraine tension, nice. and how they're dealing with it. It'll be very interesting. Looking forward to it. Welcome back to Tech Plus, and uh, with me, well, I'm Ion, and with me is Kane. Absolutely. Kane, you got nice internet this week. Finally. Yeah, I've spent the last two years on an LTE connection. We've got fiber installed now. That LTE connection. It's like riding a bicycle to work, but now you get to take your Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a totally Shame, yeah. Experience. And listen, how expensive it must have been for you to be on LTE for such a long time. Yeah, I was spending probably between 1500 to 3000 around a month on internet. Oh, my word. Yeah. And it's not even uncapped. No, there isn't. I'm, I'm happy to announce that just the right timing, Telcom's just come out with an uncapped LTE deal. Oh, oh um, ach no, man. So it's what about 870 so rand per month and it's uncapped. But there's usually uh, a, a catch, eh? There's some throttling fair, fair usage policy. I thought so as well. But when I looked at some of the other pricing, it comes in more expensive than any other option. Uh, so I think you get 200. 100 gigs or something like that for 700 rand and then it's the uncapped as the most expensive option so you will know that you'll get more than 100 gigs probably 200 gigs and then you're throttled did they dig up your whole house to put the fiber in no they were quick eh? really dug a little trench outside in the in the in the garden area no disruptions no other than you know a concrete drill Oh, yeah. what did they draw? What, the where? wall to put the uh, okay. to, to mount the device. <laughs> oh, oh, is it quite a big device? That thing? No, it's small. Is the it, cable will like blow you. If, if anyone's ever had the the uh, privilege of, of looking at a fiber cable, very thin. You'll notice it's incredibly thin. Is it hair thin? No. Uh, inside, it's even thinner than yeah. that. Um, but the cable itself is probably about. It's it's thinner than your cell phone charging cable. Wow. Probably half. 
And I mean, it's lightning speed going through that small cable. Well, you it showed me information at the speed of light. Exactly. You yeah. showed me your uh, speed test there, which looked very uh, nice. I'm oh, very, yeah. very jealous. <laughs> so I hope that I'm going to get some fiber, even though it doesn't look like that. No, that you got you got to choose one. You can't live by the water and have fiber. Yeah, and I'll choose the water. That's fine. <laughs> so okay, but I'm chuffed for you. Uh, I'm glad that you finally got fiber. Have you tested it out uh, yeah. on gaming? and a nothing, bit of everything nothing just work related items but you'll notice that some internet connections you might have a fast connection but you don't have bandwidth mm. bandwidth is the ability to to do multiple things at one time yeah like for a good example for anyone to understand if you've ever gone to youtube.com which i'm sure you have and you see hmm. all of your suggested videos yeah low bandwidth would make one image appear at a time or maybe two to three images at a time. It would populate all the thumbnails for all the YouTube videos over a period of time. Where through a fiber connection, what you'll notice, it'll load 20 to 30 images in a go. So you don't even notice it. It's just there. It's just there. It happens very Mine quick. Mine looks like fluorescent lights coming on one by one. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have good bandwidth then. Is that what you say? Yeah. Damn. Or it could just be my slow laptop. <laughs> <laughs> That's also another thing. That's another thing. So, you know, obviously we know Meta and we know Instagram. Yes. Now, when was the last time you saw a Boomerang video? I forgot about Boomerang. Remember, the one second looping video on Instagram. That actually, that was so annoying, actually. It I'm was. glad. It's, it, it, it disappeared until, until you mentioned it now. I didn't even know it was gone. No, so it just got removed now. Oh, okay. Um, and and the re- and they did it kind of silently. So Instagram very quietly and subtly removed the Boomerang and Hyperlapse apps from the Google Play and App Store. Uh, the reason mainly are these apps are already integrated into the Instagram main app. So why would anyone still yeah. use the standalone exactly, apps? Yeah. So you can delete it. Also, the IGTV app, we spoke okay. about that last week. That was removed yeah. um, from the App Store as well. And they've renamed it from IGTV to Instagram TV. Oh, wow. Like, we didn't know that's what it means, you know? So Thank you for being so specific, guys. So they're removing some of the apps, and I think the overall goal is to move everything inside of Instagram. But yeah. we know Instagram, we know Facebook. They Facebook just released their Reels, which ta- which uh, competes with TikTok. Um the hyperlapse feature is actually pretty interesting because you used to have to download an app to do a hyperlapse. Now you can just do it straight from your camera. It's actually integrated into most phones' cameras these days, most phones' camera software these days, that you can choose what type of video. You can want a hyperlapse video, you know, then you got camera, you want the panorama. All these kind of functionalities first came out as apps and were later integrated. So these things play a role in, in these decisions that Instagram makes in order to, you know, turn off um, certain apps that they that they offer. I've never downloaded the IGTV app. No. I've never downloaded the Boomerang app. I've never downloaded the Hyperlapse app. But I know there are people that do. Um, but guess what app I downloaded this week? What? Speed yeah. test. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I've got that already. Reminiscing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, TikTok. TikTok, welcome to the club. Okay. Where you lose many hours. Listen, I got lost. <laughs> how, I don't know how they do it, but I didn't even sign up for anything. They just keep the good ones coming. Yeah, I know. You're like, this is my final one. Swipe up. Oh, no. Wow, this is even better. And I just keep saving them. I like that you can save it to your phone and uh, it includes the music as well. So it's I don't know what happens choice. to, to copyright there. Hey? The, the you can switch it on or off. Yes, yeah. as a creator. Yeah. And... 
I've noticed. I think switch it on. I, I would keep it on because mm. I think a lot more people became viral outside of TikTok yeah. because of WhatsApp shared you media. You can save it to your phone and then send, send it to it your off. WhatsApp contacts. Okay, but so I made my debut, um, or sort of my debut test. Um, <laughs> TikTok video <laughs> and you are laughing now. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was, that was I was good. doing a gangster there, but geez, man, I got lost. And uh, I mean, I'm not even talking about all the videos I watched. I played with the filters and the effects and stuff. You can create a whole new identity on that thing. <laughs> you can change your voice. You can change your face. You can even wear makeup in the filters. Yeah. It is insane. I noticed when TikTok came out, the biggest impact that I noticed from it, or the biggest uh, remaining impression that I had after closing the app for the first time was as a creator, you don't need, and YouTube, you could upload a video. Yeah. Right? The video is made. You can mm. take a video that is from your phone and upload it. Yeah. Or you can make and edit and develop a video and then share it mm. right so the one option you take a video on your phone you put it on youtube now it's a youtube video the other option is you make a video you develop it in something like premiere pro you yeah. get all your stuff together you export the video and then you upload it to youtube mm. meaning for anyone to do more than what they could do capturing an image on their phone they would have to have video development experience that's they would have right. to have a video development software You're right yeah and on tiktok that's in-house you in-house that's the word yeah Everything you, from the TikTok You make app. it inside the app. Like when you're miming two songs, you can hear it playing while you're actually doing it and all Very that kind clever. of stuff. Very oh, clever. Oh, man, it's addictive. Let me just warn you. So just uh, another warning. There's more to come. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I, not, I didn't just have the gangster character. I would love to see you in some live streams uh, while you're doing radio. I yeah, think that would be I think that really would be nice. Cool. But I, I actually want to... I have a few ideas that I wrote down in my diary for TikTok. Do it. I I seriously think that I can be that creative. Do it. But where, whether I will be able to pull it off or have enough confidence to do so, something There's only else. one way to find out. Do you think I should do it anyway? Even if I it. fail, hey? If you fail, think about it. If you fail, if you go out and you make a TikTok account, you make great videos and you fail miserably. With two views. <laughs> with one view, you, you fail. You have a hundred videos and they all have one view. It's a failure. You don't like the content. You think it's all crap. No one's seen it. You oh, got, you're right. You've got 20 people that saw this. So nothing to lose. And if it's successful and hundreds of thousands and millions of people see it, you've there's nothing to lose. And then I'm famous. Losing is is no one sees you're the right. failure. Exactly. Winning is you, you win. So Thank you for that. That's why Man, you, you always it. put things in put into perspective so well. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm just going to call you at 3 a.m. when I'm having problems to, for, for a different take. <laughs> now, this, this thing I'm getting on to next is crazy, okay? We're talking about, we know about the Ukraine-Russia conflict. I mean, everybody knows about that yeah. now. But the question is, what are big tech companies doing mm. to alleviate, to assist, cause sanctions and things like that? This is what we're taking a look at now. So the latest guy to jump on the bandwagon, and we spoke about some guys last week as well, is Amazon. Mm. Amazon has now blocked uh, anybody from being able to purchase anything from um, from Amazon. So <laughs> they've blocked shipments, wow. Prime Video streaming. Um, Even Prime, eh? Video game wow. purchases for their new video game, World MMO. 
Uh, Amazon is suspending shipments to Russia and Belarus uh, due to the ongoing invasion of Ukraine. It's also bearing access to uh, or barring access to Amazon Prime Video in Russia. So if you're in Russia, you can't watch Amazon Prime. Jeez, they, they, everything's being taken you away from them. Off, they can't uh, do anything. They Amazon. can't play sport. They can't watch TV. They can't order online. So they got it. They, there's a lot of pressure to stop this war now, hey? Absolutely. I mean, other game companies like EA Games, CD Projekt, uh, Take Two, Ubisoft, Activision, and Epic Games have suspended all sales in the country. Well, good. And Amazon's cloud computing platform, Amazon Web Services, stopped techni- accepting new signups. Good. So no one, no one. That's how you're ra- gonna learn. Exactly. But there's there's even more to the story because. Um, other major players like Apple, Microsoft, Samsung, Netflix, and PayPal stopped doing business with Russia. Even if Amazon did keep its services online in Russia and Belarus, users would have a hard time making purchases because Visa and MasterCard <laughs> shut down operations in the country. <laughs> like, no, look, they screwed, eh? And like, that's hectic. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're in trouble then. And also... Um, <laughs> making Russia um, no no ability to use MasterCard or Visa cards uh, might push them to start using cards that uh, using cards from like China's Union Pay system, which might allow Russians to make some purchases overseas. And the important thing to remember is there's a lot of the population that is getting the damage, but it's not the population that is advocating the war. Just so, stop the war now, man. There's enough pressure. Maybe even Vladimir is saying, we are just going to make our own MasterCard. We don't need America. That is a very good point because what closing down businesses and in services, international services to Russia does is it creates an entrepreneurial opportunity. Yes, it creates an it opportunity does. to become independent. No one do- wants to use the MasterCard Visa alternative unless you can't use MasterCard and Visa. So it's a business oh. opportunity in a way for Russians. And mm. it's not a fact that you can just ignore. It really is. Cell phone companies, uh, internet service providers, uh, banking service providers, all these kind of companies uh, are going to start potentially booting up in Russia because there's an entire population to be serviced. It's a business opportunity. So that's the one thing that I feel should be taken into consideration. But that's not all that have stopped. So PlayStation is suspending <laughs> all hardware and software Jeez. shipments to Russia as well. You cannot buy a PlayStation in Russia, which is crazy. And also Bungie, which is partnered with PlayStation, has donated $2 million to the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees um, and NGO Save the Children to support those affected by the invasion which is also really good it's good to see um, people doing that so uh, we're basically in this position now where uh, even Nintendo has put its Russian eShop in maintenance mode <laughs> Nintendo you know there's, I mean it's crazy when you think about how much I mean if that happened to us we would be pretty there would be a lot of difficulty in your existing habitual day-to-day life. I feel sorry for the kids who want to just play PlayStation and get on with it, you know. We don't exactly. have anything to do with the war. And uh, Ukraine's uh, president went on to Twitter to ask for aid um, to help, you know, get some visuals, satellite visuals of, of Russian troop movements and things like that. They were, they were saying that at night um, their machinery became blind. Mm. So they couldn't see Russian troop movements. They couldn't be strategic during that phase. They would have to kind of react 
to whatever happened that night which is difficult it's like a whack-a-mole thing again you mm, know what i mean mm. you can't be strategic when you're when you're putting out fires yeah um it becomes very difficult so a canadian satellite company is now providing real-time imagery to ukraine to help track russian troop movements which is that's, that's a big nice. one vision in a war is very vital to be able to understand your enemy or, or your invader Mm. you know um, vision is so important and it's it's amazing to see how many people step up and step in even mr elon musk with his internet Starlink uh, satellites. satellite internet it's nice I, I like it i'm also seeing a lot of pop-ups when i visit um tech websites and then they say how they're helping you know donate buttons and all that stuff and you might think you know uh it's not it's it might be helpful but it's not super super helpful but just outside ukraine and kiev there's, I think, 40 miles long worth of armored vehicles, tanks, Jeez. military vehicles, Russian troops, all lined up. And that's quite daunting. I mean, imagine you sitting in your house at 500 kilometers away. It's an army. You know, more, more tanks than you've ever seen in your life, more military vehicles than you've ever seen in your life, more soldiers than you've ever seen in your life. And they all are coming for you. Oof. Ken, I posted a photo this morning on my Facebook of uh, this boy. Uh, it's also refugees with the, with this boy, and he's got his little cage with his budgie in, and they're just standing there in the middle of nowhere. I must tell you, this photo really it, it broke my heart. Eh? It is. It is. Look it at that. The there he stands with his happening. with his budgie. Oh, he's in, just standing kind of on the side of the road with a budgie cage. Yeah, know, he's holding it's his, how beautiful. His how beautiful, hey? Well, it's it's beautifully beautiful sad. In, it's beautifully sad, yeah. Yeah. It's touching, to, to say the least. Kane, what have you got for us when we come back? So, we have a few cool things. So, Samsung confirms a hacking group has stolen their Galaxy source code. Oops. Uh, we've got some updates Tinder has made to deal with the Tinder swindler <laughs> publicity. That you should stick around I can't for. wait. I can't that wait. That is going to be very interesting. And Uber Eats has brought bill splitting to deliveries and we'll talk about some of that functionality and I think there's going to be some humor there as well for us to to touch on. <laughs> but Ken, what about the Titanic? <laughs> Is there DSTV news? Yeah, but good news this week. Okay. So I'll, we'll also put that it's in like somewhere. watching the Titanic in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we laugh when the music is playing here in the, the studio. It is uh, Tech Plus. That was Callum Scott with Rise, the Sam Felt uh, remix. Kane, it's over to you. You've got a lot to share with us. This I'm excited for. So Tinder has uh, uses can now run in-app background checks. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> so now you can see past offenses relating to dating violence. And we remember the Tinder swindler. This is obviously yeah. where it's coming from. It's their way of negating the negative publicity. And mm-hmm. it's funny, I always speak to my clients and I say things like, the, the best thing that can happen to you if the worst thing happens, meaning if publicity comes out scrutinizing a feature or a lack of a feature, by, atta- uh, by, by, um, uh, by directly... Um, Involving yourself in what they're talking about as the problem and implementing a solution and creating something positive about it. Yeah, it's more powerful than doing it before the negativity comes. You're right. Yeah, it's it's a complete 
opportunity and i think yeah. tinder, uh, tinder here as an example has has grasped that opportunity very well so tinder users in the u.s only at the moment um can now run background checks in app to screen their matches for possible violent or harmful past behavior the company said in a news release the checks are via tinder's partner with garbo which is a non-profit that runs online background checks this was reported by TechCrunch. Uh, the searches will resu- uh, return results that Garbo says are relevant to the user's safety and will exclude some information such as drug possession and loitering. The searches also won't include personally identifiable information like addresses and phone numbers. And according to Tinder, each user will have access to two free background checks. And after that, you'll have to pay $2.50 plus a small processing fee, probably 50 cents, uh, per transaction that will directly fund Garbo's operations and other fees associated with the services. Uh, Users can perform background checks by pressing the blue shield in the app, then going to the safety center where they'll select the Garbo article, which will then direct them to Garbo's website. At first, users will only need to put in a match's first name and phone number, but in the event that the uh, doesn't yield results, users can put more information such as their match's age, uh, and users will receive a match that Garbo shows uh, has a history of violence and encourage them to report this person to Tinder. The company also noted that a lack of history on Garbo's background check does not guarantee that a user is totally safe and urged users to follow its safety tips for meeting with new people. And when I saw this, I thought, wow, that's useful because for guys, it's not as important as as girls. Yeah, you know, it's definitely. it's so important, especially in the event uh, we saw last year. Tinder released a feature where people who verified their identity with mm. their ID had, yeah. had that status that they were verified. That little tick, yeah. Catfishes are real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a real thing, and and it could be for a person that feels maybe insecure about themselves or it could be someone with malicious intent you don't know mm-hmm. and being able to perform a background check on someone before you make your decision as to whether or not to give this opportunity um, the time of day is is very important in in safety especially within the tinder app but it also brought an idea to me um, that the way that people date online is going to change a lot because in the event that and i think in china it's already implemented but in the event that doing something bad or or embarking on a on a on a malicious activity is is part of your record that anyone can look at you might find yourself in a position that if you're a really horrible person and you've done some really bad things and you you know you let you let the worst of yourself out into the world you might find yourself in a position in 20 years from now where you actually can't physically find a date mm-hmm. online because mm. every single person is deterred away from you because of yeah. your history mm. and in china okay. i don't know if it's true and i can't remember exactly but i think in china mm. some of their dating apps actually allow you to rate the user hey so you that's can nice it's yeah but i mean it's actually <laughs> terrible at the same time <laughs> like oh no i got a bad review what on your on your business no it's me as myself i got a terrible review people don't think i'm a very good person i'm a bad lover you know so i, I don't know i think the way people date online is going to change yeah uh, especially when you look at something like this being able to i mean when in your life did you think it'd be possible to run a background check on someone out of a dating app no it's mind-blowing 
Good response from Twitter. Yeah, and but I don't think it would be possible in in third world countries. To be honest, I think yeah. the dot accessing that data is hard enough. Do you think we're going to get it here? I think in time it will develop as technology catches up with the the government in, in, in infrastructure that that someone like the USA has, where this information can be pulled from a global database for a fee. Or but whatever. what if the system is offline? If the system is offline, don't go on your date. <laughs> the daddy. South African uh, proverb. <laughs> the system is offline. So uh, what what do you do then? You so so basically we'll get it in South Africa in about fifty years. From yeah, I know it will be something like you do a background check, but six months goes by and now you get the details and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, this guy's no good, eh? And I'm dating him now for six months. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so that that I thought was a very interesting story that I, I wanted to give the time of day. And also, I think this is quite a useful feature. And it's one of those things that you don't realize is a problem until there's a solution. Um, Uber Eats brings bill splitting to deliveries. That's nice for when you're a bunch of friends and you don't want just one of them to pay. Exactly. Or pay them back afterwards. Exactly. But that functionality nice. extends even more than just paying. Because let's say you order... Debonairs. Mm-hmm. You've ordered three pizzas, one for each friend. You all pay with one card. Yeah. You would expect that to be the scenario with, with bill splitting. Exactly, you know? yeah. But it, it goes a little bit more deeper than that. So Uber Eats is getting a, a group order and bill splitting feature that should make it easier to ensure your friends and family members are picking up their share of the tab. Instead of passing your phone around to everyone in the group so they can place their orders, you'll now be able to start a group order from within the Uber Eats app. To do this, you'll have to navigate to the restaurant you want to order from, hit the three dots dots in the top right-hand corner, and then hit group order. From there, you can invite group members by selecting your phone's contacts. They'll each receive an order link over text message. Obviously, if they don't have the app, they'll have to download it from that text message. And your guests can then choose and pay for the food that they want. Uh, Here's a little screenshot of the feature. And what you can see is you can see a big order uh, from one person. And then you can see other people busy placing their order, like a WhatsApp group chat almost. Okay, yeah, it says Mike's group order. So then everybody's got their... And you can see everyone's order. But... I like that, Kane. That's brilliant. It extends even further than that. Because let's let's say you didn't have this feature. You might cover your friend's bill. Mm. And you got to awkwardly ask them for the money back. You know what I mean? Or they might say, oh, I don't have my card on me at the moment. No go for me. Oops. You know? Or they order a big meal. <clears throat> they don't have the money for it. And then you chase them for a week and you never get the money back. No, probably won't. But let's say you do want to front the bill. Right? Let's say yeah. you want to treat your friends to a meal. Yeah. And you want to allow everyone to make their own order, but you'll cover the bill. On here, when you're in the group order mode, you can set a spending limit for each person. So that they can't order the most expensive item on the menu. Hey, guys, I've got a budget here. And then people, you know, some friends will order the most expensive thing on on the menu. And you can't say anything. 12 queen broads. (laughs) You can't say anything because it gets awkward. So you you just... Close your eyes and pay. You it's very cool. So make a limit there. Yes. And then it goes even further. So let's say you and five friends are going on an Airbnb trip at the end of the week. Right? On a Friday you arrive, you're staying for the weekend. Now, on Friday you might arrive at let's say seven PM. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you've all you 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 can get food from Uber Eats, but you don't know if you'll have enough time to sit down and get everyone around. Yeah. So you can make an order in advance. A group order <gasps> wow. in advance. And then a on the day and a few hours before and an hour before uh, uber eats will notify you that you've placed the delivery and it will be arriving even though it's been paid for already 
and you get your food that you booked a, a, a week ago, a month ago, maybe you have a conference event, whatever the case is. Wow. What cool functionality. That's very, very nice. You know, it's just getting more and more convenient. I think that's but one of the biggest updates I've seen in AppMake in terms of direct utility. That's Uber Eats. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, but uh, wow, Kane, that's brilliant. I mean, uh, isn't it funny how things get more convenient, but also in a way it gets more complicated at the same time? <laughs> Like it, just simpler times, you know. Because I mean, ordering from Uber, just getting everyone's card and paying a little bit is the, is a way to. Yeah, do it. it gets more complicated in a way as well, but it's yeah. still very convenient. That's brilliant. That's convenience at its finest. So, what we're taking a look at next is um, another person has put a ban on Russia, and that's the UK has announced a space-related exports ban to Russia. So anything to do with. Um, Aviation-related um, equipment and material—they've—they've they've banned them from being able to purchase these items from Russia, um, which which will do some damage. Make no mistake, you know you're talking about this this the aviation industry, planes. You're talking about the the space industry, spaceships, you know, rockets, things that people use to get satellites in the air. Oh gosh. These are they all won't have anything that need equipment, left. you know what I mean? It carries on like that. They won't have anything left. They won't even have DSTV. So they issued new trade sanctions against Russia that ban all space-related exports to the country in response to the invasion. And UK Foreign Secretary Elizabeth Truss announced the new space export sanctions on Wednesday, which was yesterday, alongside deeper sanctions related to aviation, including new powers to detain Russian aircraft. The space-related sanctions feature a ban on the export of aviation and space related goods and technology including technical assistance uh, which is important if you buy if you're buying some space equipment from a company you kind of <laughs> want to know how to use it and if you have a problem you need to troubleshoot exactly um, yeah. but the next thing i'm going to look at which is quite cool is biden uh, has announced an executive order for cryptocurrency um and it's and it's especially predominant in um in the usa that people want to start businesses in the cryptocurrency industry. So they want to be able to have clear parameters to which they can operate in the space and be compliant and be regulated and cover the books, you know, and do all of this stuff. So there's been pressure on the USA government to implement policies that people like you and I, if we lived in the USA, would be able to follow in order to successfully um, implement a business in the crypto industry. Now, it's not like that all over the world. USA has some of the heaviest regulation and restrictions um, regarding crypto in general. Mm. You know, when we when we were developing over the years, they've put a lot of very heavy um, sanctions on on certain crypto related activities and things like that. And in their mind, it's all about stopping the misuse, stopping the malicious activity, mm. stopping uh, money laundering. Yeah. But ultimately especially when we've been marketing our products and things like that because we work in, in crypto in the financial services industry where when we're onboarding new customers we can't market those products to the usa mm. which means usa misses out on a lot and yeah. at the same time people in the usa who are dedicated go the extra mile to get into these projects and be able to participate in these projects regardless so they've implemented um, an exercise that would take anywhere from 100, uh, uh, 90 to uh, 80 to 190 days 
in order to fulfill this and they have to look at things like can they implement uh, what what is the stablecoin market looking like what can they do in terms of financial inclusion what they're also looking at potentially integrating a digital dollar and what the benefits and negatives of that would be and ultimately how to better stay within you know anti-money laundering and, mm. and anti-fund um, misuse and, uh, policies and things like that so this will inevitably affect the price of cryptocurrency depending on mm. what the results are the, the crypto in general is already rallying because of this potential that there's something good coming out of it. It's definitely worth putting, you know, putting your ear to the ground and, and keeping track of it because uh, these are kind of big things uh, that are that are forming the regulatory framework by which crypto will grow over the next few years. And it's become an industry so big that you can't ignore its existence anymore. Mm. I mean, you see it in NFTs. We have Tory Lanes. We have celebrities. We have Lamborghini. We have you know, all these big companies that are starting to utilize crypto. We have China that came out with their digital currency. What's you know? it called? Do you know? I can't remember. I'll have to I'll have to double check. But it is not an easy to remember name, I'm sure, yeah. Um, but you, you have uh, also El Salvador that started accepting, you know, Bitcoin and things like that. You have Ukraine, which just started accepting cryptos for donations into the country mm. and things like mm. that. I mean, crypto is not something that can be ignored anymore. And there are direct benefits. I mean, from for a person to send money from one place to another place overseas, it happens in minutes. You yeah. Know? And as long as there's regulatory framework in place, these things don't have to be, you know, these under scrutiny, under magnifying glass kind of activities it's something that actually betters the way that we transact. I mean, there was a bank, uh, Santander Bank, I think it was two years ago, they implemented Ripple into their core bank uh, tech. And what that did for our everyday people is if you're in South Africa, even if you're overseas, if I want to send money from here to you, whether you're 10 meters away from me or you know, in Pretoria and I'm in the Western Cape, I can make an immediate um, mm. clearance of that money I can yeah. say I want this money to move instantly I'll pay my 20 rand or 50 rand or 8 rand depending on what bank you bank at and that money clears instantly now you want to send money from South Africa to Europe it has to go through the SWIFT system it has oh, to take yeah. days to be processed mm. and it's just SWIFT is slow it was developed in like 1990 <coughs> and we're exactly, still using yeah. that same technology but when Santander Bank implemented Ripple's technology they were able to provide their customers with an ability to make an immediate clearance international transfer what that means is you can send money from one country to another country and clear it immediately mm. the same way as you would do it domestically yeah and although that might not sound like too much or might not sound that usable, that is a core customer experience upgrade that helps you in your financial life. That's why crypto com can't necessarily be ignored because the benefits when big companies start implementing it, mm. you might not know it's being used, but you still receive direct benefit because it is a technology which can be trusted. And that's not even taking into consideration, we spoke about the motor vehicle company that was implementing NFTs to yeah. aid with the VIN number history. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that when things happen to the car, it was recorded mm. permanently forever mm. and it can always be reviewed by anyone all over the world. And and that is, you can't beat that kind of utility, especially when you're talking about vehicles. The biggest concern when someone's purchasing a vehicle is what happened to it in the past. Exactly. You, you never know. They just uh, 
the body work. You know, they just fix the body. Yeah, oh, well, they they might have changed the whole the engine. You don't know unless yeah, you know you exactly. Know? So things or in an accident. I mean, that's a big thing. Once yeah. a car's in a in a massive accident where it was just on the precipice of being written off, but not really. You might be driving your car and wondering why, like, sometimes the wheel (laughs) takes you more left than right when you're going straight. Okay, Um, it's time. Are we done? We out of here. But wait. It's DSTV time. (laughs) Just to wrap it up. Um, I've got good news for you. If you were planning on cancelling your DSTV channel, you're getting a brand new channel from the 18th of March. So in about a week's time. It's a new channel called DreamWorks, DreamWorks channel, and it's a 24-hour channel dedicated to kids and family entertainment. In South Africa, you will get it on the DSTV Premium, Compact Plus, and Compact uh, packages. And then DSTV Access and Family Customers, you will have a full day between the 18th and 19th of March to watch the channel for free, after which it will be switched a off again. A full day. <laughs> a full whole day. <laughs> They'll switch it off again. Oh, uh, just to, to, it's just to make you list, man, you know. So what is on it's this like channel? A, what can you expect? Uh, well, DreamWorks, you know. So, so anything from DreamWorks? Yeah. DreamWorks is a massive, massive yeah, catalog. I, mean, so I think they work on up. And yeah, all that. Yes, Puss in Boots. Oh yes. Kung Fu Panda. Oh yes. Uh, dragons. Goldies. Yes. Uh, and the epic tales of Captain Underpants. Now, What's will that? that make you go get a DSTV subscription? There's no way. There's no way. There's no way, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> at least they're trying. At least they're not taking anything Shame away. Yeah, at least they're trying. Yeah, they took away like four, or they're gonna take away from the first of April when they put their rates up for ETV channels, like we said last week. That's not such a knock, as opposed to only no. being able to stream DSTV from one device. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's a critical blow. You know. You know, you did, that's just such a deterrent. I don't know. Eh? I wish, I wish them the very best. I hope they find a business model that can work. Yeah, I mean, we've got really SABC so. building a competitor, Netflix. <coughs> so How's I mean, that going? The sky's <laughs> the limit at this point. Jeez! And also, before we go, we really have to go now because they're going to switch us off. But um, the legendary Cape Town uh, cycle tour is also taking place this coming Sunday. So all the best to you, crazy cyclists. Out yes, there. you're Good taking luck. it on. It's it's a long route. Good luck. Hope the weather's gonna be nice yeah okay thank you so much thank you very much thanks for having me thanks to all of our listeners for listening in and we'll see you next week you know there's somebody who was really absent today did you not miss somebody today we didn't have the leaf blower this time do you think he was affected by load shedding (laughs) (laughs) was that thing battery (laughs) i think escom took all the diesels so they couldn't pull the motors well good (laughs) okay thank you so much until next uh, time enjoy the rest of your week and the weekend Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by eRadio. For more podcasts, check out our website on eradiosa.com or through the eRadio Essay app from the Google Play Store.